Well, good morning. My name is John Payne, and I'm uh, privileged to serve as the district superintendent for the Forest Lakes District, of which Crossview Church is a part of. Uh, we've been praying for the city of Wisconsin Rapids and its community, and it wasn't until today as I drove through uh, a little bit earlier this morning, drove through and took a look around to see uh, some of the devastation. I was so thankful to hear that there was no loss of life, but I'm sure some of you, maybe even in this room, are still cleaning up uh, after trees being down and I went without power and uh, other things. And let me just say that um, times like that, <laughs> like this, are opportunities for the church to be the church to go out into the community and to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And I know that many from Crossview Church have been doing that already. And so I commend you. And I just say to you that uh, many have been praying for you and will continue to pray in this cleanup effort. And uh, it's just an opportunity, as I said, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Well, just a, a couple. We've got an infographic here that I'd like to just put up on the a screen to show you a little bit about our district. Um, I began in this role in 2016. My predecessor, Galen Nagel, did a really good job helping Crossview navigate through uh, the, the Constitution bylaws, and I had a chance to sit right over in this area by this poll uh, the night of your first meeting when you elected officers and voted unanimously on your Constitution and everything. And, here we are a couple years later, and it's just so exciting to see what God is doing through Crossview Church. When I came to the district in 19, uh, 2016, we had 99 churches, and this infographic is even wrong already. We have 131 churches. Uh, we've added three churches this month. So actually, uh, it's 15 ethnic and multi-ethnic churches, 131 congregations, and a church last Sunday in Monroe, Wisconsin, just voted to become part of our district and part of our movement. And uh, we will be voting on them in October, Lord willing, at Door Creek at our, uh, one of our conferences. So it's exciting to see in three years, we've gone from 99 churches to 132 churches. And uh, when I became district superintendent, I said, by God's grace, I would love to see a gospel preaching presence within 25 miles of every man, woman, young person, child in Wisconsin. And so we're, we're not ashamed about wanting to have the gospel of Jesus Christ being proclaimed everywhere. And Crossview Church is part of that. So I, I thank you for your, your partnership. I thank you for allowing Pastor Dan to be on our Forest Lakes District Board of um, he's on the board of directors and a, a dear friend and he asked me uh, last spring when he was going to be taking his sabbatical if I could come and preach and I said I've got just the message for that and it's entitled uh, uh, how Crossview Church can welcome Pastor Dan back from his sabbatical and so I wasn't sure about the timing of his return, and it's going to be the 12th, so you guys have done a great job of praying for him and supporting and leaving him alone on his sabbatical, and I've often said if you, you want a better pastor, pray for one, and so that's one of my points this morning is that you would uh, pray for uh, Pastor Dan. So would you just join me in a moment of asking God to use this time that we have in his word together for his glory and for our good. Father, thank you for this opportunity today to open your word, the Bible. Thank you for Crossview Church and 
for its place in this community. I pray uh, as this community is still cleaning up after a devastating storm a couple weekends ago, that God, you would give opportunity for uh, people who know you to give reason for the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. I pray for uh, Pastor Dan and his family as they're finishing up this last week of sabbatical. I pray that God, he would come back recharged and renewed um, and encouraged, and uh, God, that you would just use this time that he's been away um, in the future of this church family. Lord, we pray that you'd be honored and glorified in our time this morning, and that um, behind everything that can be stripped away, and that Jesus would be seen and be heard, and that he would receive the praise and the honor and the glory. And it's in his name that we ask these things. Amen. Well, the passage that Jeff read to you this morning really starts with a charge of what a shepherd is. And you have several shepherds here at Crossview Church, and it's been exciting to see how God is using the group of shepherds that you have. And one of the things that I would say to uh, Pastor Dan is, as a shepherd, is to love the people of Crossview. One of the things that the good shepherd does, the great shepherd, is he loves the sheep. A friend of mine said that our responsibility as shepherds is to love the sheep, and then once a year we shear them. <laughs> I don't know about the truthfulness of that, but we are called by the great shepherd, the good shepherd, Jesus himself, our example as a shepherd, to love the sheep. Now, I, I, I spent a little time this last Thursday at the Central Wisconsin Valley Fair, which is, I live in Rib Mountain, and so in, in Wausau area, maybe some of you went up there uh, for the fair, maybe not, but I, I, I got dragged into as part of the children's ministry. My daughter is the children's director for Highland Community Church on their uh, four campuses, and so she needed volunteers so they would have money for their children's ministry uh, at the gate. So I went and spent a couple hours at the gate at the Wisconsin Valley Fair, and I walked through some of the animal barns. Yeah, I walked through some of the animal barns. But I walked through and I was looking at the sheep that were in the pens there and uh, just thinking about sheep. They're not the smartest animals in the world. Uh, and yet, they are what we are referred to uh, in Scripture uh, as sheep. There's the Good Shepherd in Psalm chapter 23. The shepherd leads the sheep beside still waters. Do you know why he leads them by still waters? Because if it was by fast-flowing waters, they would probably freak out. And he, he helps them to lay down in green pastures. And the good shepherd leads the sheep. Well, back in John chapter 10, verses 11 and 12, Jesus made that declaration, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. There's a contrast that Jesus made in this text where he said he lays down his life for the sheep. He said, but he who is the hired hand is not a shepherd. He does not own the sheep. And he sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Distinction between the good shepherd, the shepherd, and the hired hand. 
And there's a difference between a pastor who understands what it is to be a shepherd and a pastor who thinks they're just a hired hand. You have pastors here at Crossview that I can say with confidence are pastors, shepherds, who love the sheep. And they are not hired hand. A hired hand sees difficulty coming and says, you know what? I didn't really sign up for that. A hired hand gets an email, all in caps. If you haven't clued into this yet and you're a communication, you do communication, and you communicate in your emails, your texts in all caps, that means you're screaming at the person on the other end. Don't do that, okay? And if you're a pastor and you receive an email and it's all caps, the shepherd will lovingly wait probably till the next day and respond to that all cap email. The hired hand will say, oh yeah, let me respond to you right now about what I think about you. The good shepherd, Jesus, laid down his life for his sheep. And then in verses 13 and 15, it says that the hired, hired hand flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and lay down my life for the sheep. I love your program, your bulletin, your mission statement here that says that your, your, your mission here is to love God, love others, and to serve the world. You know, two times it says that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, Jesus did lay down his life for his sheep. You know, I... Living in Wisconsin, I've been here 26 years. I moved from Iowa where the highest point in Iowa was an overpass on a highway, you know. And uh, I've had the privilege of traveling this beautiful state of Wisconsin. I've lived 25 years in Iowa, 26 years in Wisconsin. Yeah, you can do the math. I'll be 52 this year, this month. But I have grown to love Wisconsin. And one of the things that I've found in our great state is that we have a good number of people who would call themselves Christians. And one of the things that I ask is I have neighbors who would probably call themselves Christians. Um, th there's a thought process in Wisconsin where someone says, I'm a good person. You know, I don't, I don't kick small dogs. I don't, uh, um, I'm careful to walk around anthills and don't step on them. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice person. And because I'm a nice person, God should receive me. The problem with that is that is totally inaccurate. <laughs> because if you being good, if me being good was what it was required to have a relationship with God through Jesus, then why did Jesus have to go to a cross and die for us? And in this culture that we live in where many people believe that they are Christians because of church attendance, being baptized as an infant, being born into a family that seemed religious, one of the things that I like to ask people is this. You say that you are a Christian does the good shepherd know you? It's one thing for 
an individual to say, I know God. It's another thing for Jesus to say, I know my sheep and they hear my voice. And I, I know them and I lay down my life for them. So this morning, if you've come here and you're a person who says, you know, I, I've, been, I've been a religious, a good person my whole life, I just want to say to you that Jesus said he knows his sheep and they hear his voice and he's laid down his life for them. So in other words, in order for us to come into relationship with God, it requires us to recognize our sinfulness to turn from our sin in faith to the cross, to Jesus, and to say, I believe that you died on that cross for my sin, that you were buried and you rose again the third day. And I ask you to pay for my sin. And I'm turning from that sin in faith to you. And I ask you to make me one of your children, to make me one of your sheep. And friends, that's how we can say, I'm a follower of Jesus because I hear his voice and I follow him and he knows me. Well, loving the sheep is one of the very first things that a shepherd must do. Acts 20 verse 28 says this, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. Again there, it talks about the great love that the shepherd has for his sheep, but also says to the shepherd, pay attention to yourselves first. And that's one of the things I would say to your pastors here and to your leaders, that it's important that leaders, first of all, be people of integrity themselves before they try and lead. A leader is one who follows first, but is also a person of integrity so the people following can know that the person they're following, the persons they're following are people who are integrity. Bob Moorhead, author of The Growth Factor, said this about leaders in the church. He said, God give us leaders ribbed with the steel of your Holy Spirit. Leaders who will not flinch when the battle is fiercest. Leaders who won't acquiesce or compromise or fade when the enemy rages. God give us leaders who can't be bought, bartered, or badgered by the enemy. Leaders who will pay the price, make the sacrifice, stand the ground, and hold the torch high. God give us leaders obsessed with the principles true to your word, leaders stripped of self-seeking and a yearn for security, Leaders who will pay any price for freedom and go to any lengths for truth. God give us leaders delivered from mediocrity, leaders with high vision, pride that is low, faith that is wide, love that is deep, and patience that is long. Leaders who dare to march to the drumbeat of a distant drummer, leaders who will not surrender principles of truth in order to accommodate their peers, God give us leaders who are more interested in scars than they are in medals. More committed to conviction than convenience. Leaders who will give their life for the eternal instead of indulging their lives for a moment in time. 
Give us leaders who are fearless in the face of danger, calm during pressure, bold amid opposition. God, give us leaders who will pray earnestly, work long, preach clearly, and wait patiently. God, give us leaders, shepherds, who will walk, whose walk is by faith, behavior is by principle, whose dreams are in heaven, and whose book is the Bible. Give us leaders who are equal to the task. Those are the leaders the church needs today. And I say amen and amen to that. That is what a leader should be, a person of God's word, a person of their word, a person of principle, a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm thankful that you have a group of shepherds here that love this church family. A second thing that I would say about the leaders of Crossview and to Pastor Dan as he comes back is not only to love the people of Crossview, but to lead the people of Crossview. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, Paul says this, And he, that is Jesus Christ, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. God brought shepherds around you here at Crossview Church in order to build up the saints for the work of the ministry. I don't know about you, but I love the picture of that little boy sitting there with his Bible when they were asking for some children's workers. Did you see that picture? That looked like a joy-filled boy, didn't it? Also looked like there was something mischievous in his eyes too, didn't it? But the work of building up the body of Christ so the body of Christ then in turn can serve one another and serve this community to which God has placed you, to equip you, to equip you as men and women and students and children who, who are people of, of, of the book, who know God's word and whose lives are shaped and molded and motivated by what the word of God says. So in leading a church as a shepherd, it's important that the church family be equipped and prepared for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Warren and David Wearsby developed 10 aspects of pastoral ministry. Listen to these 10 statements about what being a shepherd is. The foundation of ministry is character. It's interesting that there have been several large high-profile pastors who even in the last 18 months have flamed out because of character issues. You know, people used to in the church hire for competency and character came somewhere down the road. That has been so flipped now that character must be what shepherds possess in order to lead. So the foundation of ministry is character. The nature of ministry is service. Jesus said he came to give his life and to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The motive for ministry is love. The measure of ministry is sacrifice. The authority of ministry is really submission. The purpose of ministry is 
the glory of God. Everything we do, everything we say should be for his glory and for his honor. The tools of ministry are the word of God and prayer. The privilege of ministry is growth. The power for ministry is the Holy Spirit of God. And the model, model for ministry is none other than the good shepherd, Jesus Christ himself. So God, give us leaders and shepherds who will lead the people of Crossview in this manner. In 1 Peter 5, verse 2, it says this, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, not under an exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. So God has given you some wonderful shepherds here at Crossview Church. I've spoken a little bit to what shepherds' responsibilities are and characteristics that they should possess. How about we flip the coin now and say, what is it that Crossview can do now that Pastor Dan is coming back and your other pastors that you follow here at Crossview, how you can follow uh, also uh, and serve Chris and, and Ryan as well as pastors? Well, here's the first thing that you can do. Pray regularly for Pastor Dan. Now, notice I didn't spell the word pray, P-R-E-Y. It's P-R-A-Y. There's a difference. Like I said in my introduction, I used to tell, I, I was in pastoral ministry for almost 26 years. I used to tell the churches that I pastored, you guys want a better pastor? You, you want a better pastor? <laughs> and I would say, pray that God would make your pastor a better pastor. And I would just encourage you to pray regularly for, for Pastor Dan and for Pastor Ryan and Pastor Chris. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, or 1 Samuel chapter 12, excuse me, verse 20 through 24, we find an interesting time in the life of Israel. In the previous chapter, they had said, because of their time in Canaan, that they wanted to be like all the other nations. And they no longer wanted to be a theocracy, which means that they were led by God, but they wanted to have a crown and be led by a king. And the people pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed against Samuel on this point. And he said, finally, after he'd spent some time with God, God said, they want a king? Give them a king. And boy, are they going to find out what it means to be under a king. And so in the previous chapter, Saul is anointed as the king, but God has already said that he's going to remove him as the king. God had somebody else in mind, a man after his own heart, David. But Samuel, in one of his last addresses to the people of Israel after they had anointed Saul as king in 1 Samuel chapter 12, he says this as he stands before Israel. He says, Do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all of your heart. Sounds like Jesus, what he said in the New Testament when he was asked by the religious leaders of the day, what is the greatest of all the commandments? And Jesus said, the greatest of all the commands is this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And then go and love your neighbor as yourself. Sounds a little bit like Crossview's mission, huh? 
and then add in the serve the world. And then he said in verse 21, and do not, as, do not turn aside after empty things that cannot profit or deliver, for they are empty. Another characteristic of our culture that I would describe today is the belief that we live in a society that is all about the moment. It's all about instant gratification. It's all about what can I get for me. And you know what's sad? I, I, I have no problem with having a lake home up north. If you've got a lake home or if you've got a boat or if you've got a nice car that you drive or a beautiful home that God has blessed you with, I have no problem with that. Where there becomes a problem is what Samuel said, is if your pursuit in life is after things, you will always be empty. Those are empty things. I've done hundreds of funerals in my lifetime, and I've never seen a U-Haul truck follow us out there behind the hearse. You don't take it with you, friends. You don't take it with you. Only investments that are made in other people and investments that are made for God and his glory last into eternity. Those are treasures that don't fade away. So I say to us, as Samuel said, don't turn aside and chase after empty things. There's nothing wrong. Hear me clearly again. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. But if your entire goal and pursuit in life is your pleasure and your toys, you will always be one toy away from satisfaction, one experience away from true contentment. Because contentment doesn't come except from, as Samuel goes on to say in verse 22, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it has pleased the Lord to make you a people for himself. Then verses 23 and 24, Moreover, as for me, Samuel says, Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Did you hear the way Samuel so powerfully said it would be sin if I cease to pray for you as God's people? Let me encourage you as the people have crossed you to pray for your pastors. He says, I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all of your heart for consider what great things he has done for you. May I give you an acrostic to pray? If you're taking notes, if you're, if you're writing a list for Walmart, I won't know the difference. It's okay, all right? But if you write P-A-S-T-O-R down, let me give you something that you can pray every day for your pastors here at Crossview. Pray, first of all, P, pray for purity. As I said, character is of the utmost importance in the role of a shepherd. Pray for purity. Pray that your pastors will remain pure. A, adversity. Don't necessarily pray that they will have adversity. Pray that they'll be able to confront adversity with faith and endurance. P, pray for their purity. Pray A, for the adversity that they will face. S, pray for strength. Pray that they will have the strength to continue the calling that God has called them to. Purity, adversity, S, strength. T, pray for their, their teaching ministries. 
Pray that they, in their teaching and preaching, that they'll be effective, powerful, and clear. Oh, pray for the organizational aspect of it. There's more organizational and structural things that have surrounded the ministry today than it ever before with the increasing needs of people and the uh, way in which uh, ministry has required more and more organization. So purity, adversity, strength, teaching, organization, and are finally, pray that they will be able to enjoy rest in the midst of their ministries. They need rest. Pray that they will have times of rest and relaxation with their families. And I commend you, I commend you, Crossview Church, for giving your pastor a sabbatical. Yeah, it's, it's a necessary thing and an important thing, and uh, I'm excited to, I got a text from Dan this week, and I'm excited to hear as he comes back what God has done and what God has taught him during this time of, of rest and refreshment. So the first thing that we need to do as a church is to pray regularly for Pastor Dan. Number two, here's something else that you can do as you welcome him back from sabbatical and what you can do for your shepherds. Follow your pastors, Pastor Dan in particular, his loving leadership. Now, one of the things I know about Pastor Dan is Dan is a man of, of love. He, he loves you deeply. I've been here and heard him tell you that he loves you. I know that he means that when he says that he loves you and that he loves this community and he loves the Lord and he loves his family. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Your pastors will have to give an account someday as to how they led, as to how they oversaw their responsibilities. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So follow their leadership. Now, a wise leader, a wise leader will always seek the counsel of the fellow leaders. And you have a pastor who's like that. He's a, a wise leader. And, and if you, in the leadership of the church here and, the, and your pastors, ever have a question, go to their pastors one-on-one. -on -one. Not on Monday. Monday's the worst day in the world to talk to a pastor after on a Sunday. They've just opened their heart before you. But go to them on Tuesday and express your concern in a way that's positive, that has um, options, and that is, is loving. And let me encourage you, as you follow that leadership, as you follow the good shepherd, God will continue to just do great things in your midst. Finally, and in closing, the best words that any church likes to hear a speaker say, finally and in closing, not only pray regularly for your pastor, praying those things for him, and then following his leadership and the leadership of your, your pastors, but provide encouragement to Pastor Dan. Provide encouragement to your pastors. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 and 13 says this, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you, in the Lord and admonish you. 
encourage your pastors. Send notes of encouragement. I have, I have uh, box or several boxes full of notes of encouragement that I've received over the years. And on particularly low days when uh, you feel like you've been kicked to the curb, it's such a joy to pull those things out when the enemy's been telling you all sorts of lies to start opening those and reading those and praying for the people who've said those and expressed those things to you. So it's good to say things. It's even more powerful if you can put it pen to paper. Find out when uh, your pastor's birthdays and anniversaries are. Find out when those birthdays and anniversaries are and do little special things, even like a, 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 a card to Starbucks or something as small as a birthday card just to let them know how important they are to you and the encouragement that you can give to them. Even a child can provide encouragement. You know, it's something children listen and they catch even more than what we think sometimes. A pastor was preaching from the Genesis creation account and this little boy was just listening intently and the pastor said Eve was created out of one of Adam's ribs that she was taken from him from one of his ribs and created by God later that week the mother noticed that this little boy was lying down on the couch as though he were as though he were ill the mother said to the little boy son what's what's the matter with you the little boy responded i have a pain in my side I think I'm going to have a wife. <laughs> even children listen to messages and can encourage their pastors, even if they don't quite get it all the way. Pastors of Crossview Church, love and lead this dear church family. Crossview Church family, pray regularly for your pastors and for Pam and the wives of your pastors. Pray that you'll be able to follow their leadership and find ways, tangible ways, that you can provide specific encouragement because they need all the encouragement they can receive from you. Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to encourage this church family. I pray that, God, you would uh, just continue to have the relationship between the leaders and this church family be one that brings honor and glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' precious name, amen.